We're doing Shlach Rishon, chapter 13, verse 4, verse 1, Perik Yud Gimel Pasuk and Hashem speaks to Moshe saying, Shlach Lecho Anoshim, send out Lecho, uh, meaning for yourself, as we will see in Rashi, that Hashem says, uh, send according to your understanding, in other words, that's your, that you want to do so. So send people, the Yosudas Eretz Canaan, they shall scout out, look out the land of Canaan, that I'm giving to the Bnei Yisrael. Now, as you already said before, that the Abishter wanted to bring them in right away, in, uh, in three days. Rashi also quoted with regards to Yisrael before. Remember the Rashi, Rashi said that when he told the Yisrael, he says, we're going to go and ride in Eretz Yisrael. So, Apparently, uh, they said they're going straight, and Hashem takes them like for three days. He took them on one day to bring them in light right there at Yisrael. So the first trip they went, they went from Mikhairev, uh, they went to uh, what's called the Kibre Sataiva, which got the name of Kibre Sataiva. And from there, they went to Chatseris, which is uh, uh, where was the story with Miriam. And from Chatseris, they went to Risma. As we'll learn later on, Pashas Masay, that was the place in Midbar Poran. The Pasuk before says they stopped in Midbar Poran. But in Midbar Poran itself, it was in the Risma, in Midbar Poran. So, I don't know exactly how that fits in with exactly when uh, they were supposed to uh, go, uh, because even though um, you know they went very quickly, as we'll see in Rashi, uh, later on, that they made the whole trip in a very, uh, very uh, quick time, and um, and uh, so I don't know exactly how this fits in with going right into Israel, or maybe because they wanted to send the spies, so maybe that's why it was delayed. But uh, in any event, he was sending them to scout out the land of Canaan. I said, "Ani nation Yisrael that I'm giving to the Bnei Yisrael." He says, "Ish echod, ish echod." One person, one person, to the tribe of the father you should send. Each one should be a leader amongst them. Uh, these are not the same leaders that we had before. We had the leaders when they were counting them. Uh, the Nesim, the those the Nesim that was, uh, those that were brought the Karbonis and Nesim. Uh, before we learned, they were gave the gifts, and then they were makri v'shechod. Those were different. This is another type of nasi, another type of leader. Not that same leaders. These are all different people here. See the Rashi. So, what does it mean? Shlach l'cha sent for you anoshi. First of the Rashi, l'omon nismucha parshes meraglim neparshes miriam. Why was the portion of the meraglim? Uh, Close, bro, close to the parashas Miriam. Uh, now, what is the question from Rashi? Why was it close to parashas Miriam? Why not? Uh, it happened afterwards. They came from the, the pasuk. Even if we say the Torah didn't just write piece here, piece there, piece there. There is a general chronological order, right? So the Torah is recording the events that it wants to record. So then the Torah. Uh, after they came to Chatzedus, uh, they went to Risma, and this was happened in, in Risma, in the Midbar Poron. So, 
why wouldn't the Parshas Baraglim come to uh, Parshas Miriam? Uh, shouldn't it just come because it belongs there? So, really, uh, when we look at the Parshas Devodim in the Rashi over there on the Pasik Vachatseris, the Pasik mentions the different places that the Bnei Yisrael sinned. So it says that Vachatseris, Rashi says, So, over there, it seems a little bit from that Rashi that the Machlokus of Koirach took place in Chatseris. So that would place the story of Koirach before the story of the Maraglim, because the story of the Maraglim, as we learn, took place after the Yidin journeyed from Chatseris and they uh, camped in Midbar Poran. The Pasuk later on, the Pashas Masi, calls this Midbar Poran where they. Uh, that area in Midbar Poran where they send the Maraglim, he calls it the Rizma, as Rashi points out in the beginning of Parshas Masay, that it's called the Rizma, but that was the Midbar Poran. But if we should take, say, that the Machlokes of Kerech, as Rashi says in Dvorim Aleph, took place in Chatzedes, so that means that the story of the uh, Kerech took place in Chatzedes before the story of the Maraglim. That way, Rashi will make a lot of sense, very simply. Why did the Torah write the Meraglim after the story of Miriam, when really the Parshas of Kodach comes after the story of Miriam, because that took place in Chatzeris, in the same place where the story of Miriam took place. And only then, when they left, they were left from Chatzeris, in the Yachnu Bamid Raporan, which is Rismo, over there uh, took place the story of the Meraglim. And then Rashi would ask a question, Miriam. But besides that, it's very difficult in the Pshutish Mikra, at this point in Parshish Shlach, for Rashi to assume that the story of the Meraglim took place uh, after the story of Koirach, uh, because uh, it's not Mashma in the order of Psukim, the way the, the Torah describes it over here. In that Posik itself, in Posik and Dvorim Vachatzeris, Rashi has two Pshotim over there. But even according to the first shot of the Chatzeris, the Rashi Machlokusa Shul Kerach, we can say that it doesn't mean that the Machlokus of Kerach took place in Chatzeris, but what it means is that Chatzeris uh, was the place near where the Machlokus of Kerach took place. So from Chatzeris they went to uh, Midbar Poron, and this was Rismo, and then over there was the story of the Maraglim, and after the story of the Maraglim took place the story of Kairach also could take place in Rismo, in that same place of, uh, of of where the story of the Maraglim took place and the reason the Torah says Chatzeris it was near Chatzeris, because even if we're going to say uh, that Chatzeris is where the Machlekes of Kairach took place the Torah doesn't associate that in Parshish Kairach over here or as far as I can think, I don't know that the Torah anywhere says Chatzeris was the Machlokes of Koyrach of, 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 of Beferish. I mean, if, if there was such a Posik, uh, then we would bring it down, Rashi would bring it down. But over here, uh, the fact that Rashi says Machlokes Shlokoyrach and it's associated with Chatzeris, so one can ask, well, where does it say? How does the Chatzeris connect it to Koyrach? Even if it did take place in Chatzeris, but the Pesach doesn't say it takes place in Chatzeris. How am I to learn from the Pesach of a Chatzeris that it took place, that's in the Gea to the Machlekes of Kodach? So we have to learn that it's not that we know that the Machlekes of Kodach took place in Chatzeris, but we know 
that the Machlekes of Korach took place near the place of Chatzeres because of the story of the Chumash here with Miriam that takes place in Chatzeres. And from there, they went to Midbaporn. And then we had the story with the Maraglim that follows the Parsha. Uh, the, and then after the Maraglim, the story with Korach, which follows the Parsha of the Maraglim. So that's the way we're going to learn. That's the meaning of Chatzeres. That's what it means. And... Uh, but the, the fact is, though, because Rashi, besides the fact that it's very Pashtus Mashma, that the Shlach comes before Pashtus Koyrach in the order, and there's no reason to say it differently, is because Rashi also says in the uh, Posik uh, Tezayin, Perik Tezayin, Posik Dalet and Koyrach, Rashi says, Vayipol Ponov, and Rashi says, Mipnea Machloikis, Shekvar Zebiyodim Sorochen Revi, that because the Machloikis, this was already the fourth time they sinned. And Rashi brings down over there that one of the four times was the Machloikis of Koyrach. So we see that Rashi already says that the story of, uh, I mean, Bemraglim, Rashi, Bemraglim, Vayemeshev Shom Mitzrayim. So Rashi, by the story of Koyrach, is referencing the story of the Meraglim. That means that the Meraglim story took place already at the time of the story of Koyrach. So, uh, we see so clearly in this Rashi, we have to make a machloikis in the Shittas Rashi, different Madrashim, it's better to say, would seem that uh, Rashi holds as the order of the Psukim, <coughs> that first took place the Parshas Meraglim, and then took place the Parshas Koyrach, and the Torah says, Vachatzeris, and Rashi touches there, it's a hint for Koyrach, because it was in the vicinity of Chatzeris, in which the story of the uh, machloikis of Koirach uh, uh, took place. Now, since since the Pasuk already in Bain Poron, already hints for the Aveda of the Meraglim, so Rashi therefore says that Vechat uh which is next to, uh, which is also in the Pasuk, it follows actually Bain Poron, which is the, the which is the Machlekes of the Meraglim, so Rashi touches that Chatzeres means the, the Aveda with with Kairach, the Machalikis of Kairach. Uh, otherwise, it could also mean, if Ben Poron didn't mean directly the Midbar Poron, which the Torah says they worked to Midbar Poron, which is the associated with the Posik with the Meraglim, uh, the Posik, uh, maybe Rashi could attach the Vachatseris, meant also the Meraglim, because the Meraglim were also next to Chatseris, not in Chatseris, but since we already have a posik uh, for the sin of the 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 bemidbar poron bemporon, we have already for the sin of the meraglim. So Rashi says vachatzeres means the sin of koyrach, but that wasn't in chatzeres, but it was after chatzeres, and that's where and everything is in order. But the problem that we have that remains is why does Rashi say here lomonismacha parshas meraglim or parshas miriam? Again, it's very difficult to say that Rashi is, is, is going based on what he said over there in Chatzeris, which is not befetish in the post. Why would Rashi say that? That's what Rashi is asking over here in Parsha Shlach, Lama Nismacha. So, Lechayre, we have to find a reason where Rashi asks over the question, Lama Nismacha, Parshas Meragun, Parshas Miriam, that for some reason Rashi says it didn't have to be next to each other. I'm wondering if we can say, perhaps, just a suggestion, Rashi wrote before that the section of Ahibin Soya was placed in between uh, to separate between Peronus and So we see that in Rashi's view, uh, the Torah doesn't write uh, one Peronus after the other one. And here we're just talking about Miriam. And why would we say about Shlach Lucha Anoshim? 
and uh, perhaps that's why Rashi says Lamanismucha. I mean, the Torah had a lot of options to put in Psukim by Daber Hashem and Moshe that took place maybe at that time. Uh, some of the halachas that were said in the end of Parsha Shlach. I mean, some were like a a response to the punishment of the Maraglin. Kisavoyu Rashi says Bisur Lahem So that's a response to that. But then the Shem could know. So there's other Psukim over there. It looks like from the Rashi that maybe the Posik. Uh, should not write one after the other, one punishment after the other one, and maybe that's where Rashi asks the question, because it seems uh, the Parsh is Miraglim, and uh, Rashi's perhaps answer is that this Pasik is telling you that this explains us what the severity of the punishment of the, of uh, why the Miraglim were uh, so wrong uh, after what took place over here, so that's the reason why the Torah writes it next to her. By the way, in the beginning of the parshas Baloischa, there's the same question: But over there, it's for a different reason. And you know, we learned over there about this. But uh, uh, just to mention that uh, the um, the whole parshas of Menorah, uh, the tzivu of Hashem to Moshe to do the Menorah, the the Gemara says in Gitin Daf Samachamet Beis. The Shemayna parshis that were said by by Yoim, and one of them is parshis Hanedus. But in the parshis Hanedus, we see in parshis Emoir in Perik Chavdala Pasuk Aleph, which is Shvi in parshis Emoir. Over there, Rashi says in Chumash Tzavas Bnei Yisrael Zu parshis Mitzvah Hanedus. U parshis Ba'ata Tzavah Loi Nemar Al Seder Melachas Hamishkan. Rashi says Lefarish Tzerich Hamidah Hamenoda, which is a parshis Ata Tzavah. Over there in the Gemara, Rashi says that uh, what is the mitzvah tzivu hanedus? Bahaloischa es hanedus amul pnei hamenoda. Apparently, both of them; these are all called parshas hamenoda. Side the pasuk in Emir in Tzavas bnei Yisroel v'ikcholach Hashem and Zayis. That was mainly for the bnei Yisroel to bring the kosis lamoy lahalus neir tamid. And then the Torah says, "Mechutz l'parechus ha'ayedus ba'il moed." In parshas ba'aloischa, Hashem is only coming to add add this tzivui el mul pnei amanero yivur shivas hanedus, and that's why he's saying over there, "Daber el arin va'marta elov." Hashem is saying, "Go speak to Aaron and speak to him." Now, so it it seems like over there it's understood loma nismacha because over there bechlal the parshas ba'aloischa comes together with the main parshas. Of the menorah, we also understand very well which is and the parshas emir. They should be together, but why did the Torah stick in over there, daber el And that's why Rashi says over there in the beginning of parshas baaloischa that it's shalchagudel uh, mishalahem, uh, because otherwise the Eibushter could have made it as a hemshech to the tzivui that we learn in parshas emir. What kind of a tzivu is over here for Aaron? Just a mupne amanoida, which already the Torah has already uh, stated by the construction of the menoida that it should be mupne amanoida. But even the tzivu over here, and that's why the Rav there is the pastures in the beginning of parshas baloischa where Rashi says lo menis mucha parshas amanoida. But I'm thinking that over here in parshas shalach, the reason why Rashi asks. 
is uh, is to say because it's two Puranias, one next to another, and maybe the Torah should have put in other places, other things in between. And the reason over here is that the Torah has a very specific message. It seems that uh, they saw uh, what they did, and they didn't learn uh, Musa from them. And Rashi answers, so why was it written here? Because uh, Miriam was punished because of the words of Diba that she expressed. That she spoke against her brother. She spoke to her brother. Now Diba doesn't necessarily mean Rashi that she didn't want to degrade him. Even though she said Agam Bonu Hashem. But it wasn't intended to degrade him. That Rashi is why Diba. Diba means just talk about them maybe. Not even Losh Nore. Not even bad. But she Diba Bachiyah. She spoke against her brother. Urshoyim Halolu but these evil people, the people of of of, of uh, the, the Meraglim, they saw they saw what took place, and they still didn't take a lesson. So, why does the Torah why does the Torah uh, write this over here? Uh, Rashi doesn't explain. They didn't take a lesson. So, why does what is the Torah trying to tell us over here? The Torah wants to tell us how bad they were, that they didn't learn a lesson. That's what the Torah it tells us. I think maybe the pshat is that maybe they had a stickle defense. This is the Torah is explaining uh, why they were punished so severely and what was such a grave sin of theirs. Maylev, they didn't stand next to Parshas Miriam. Maybe they didn't think it's such a terrible thing saying something bad about Eretz Yisrael. Uh, just talking about Eretz Yisrael. But now that it comes after that, maybe the Pasik is explaining, so you see how bad it is to say something negative. So the Pasik writer, Shlach Lecha, what does it mean that if the sanctum sent to you? So Rashi, Ledaitcha, that means uh, according to your uh, understanding, meaning according to your uh, decision. Uh, Ani ain't mitzavelach, but I am not telling you. Im tirza shlach. If you want, send. Um, so here, this Rashi right away takes away what I tried to say that the Dabra Shalomayshu, because we see from the Rashi is going to bring the right now. Because the Jewish people came, and this is missing over here in the post. Post going to say it. The, people, the Jewish people came and said. As in Dvarim Aleph of Beis, it says, Nishlecha Anoshim Lefaneinu, let us send people in front of us. Kimoshu Neman, as the Pesach says, Vatikr Merlai Kulchem, Vigoymer, so they all came to Moshe Rabbeinu, Umoshe Nimlech B'Shechina, and Moshe asked the Shechina what he should do. So we learned before, B'chol Beis in Neman who, Moshe is always, whenever he wants, Rashi said also before, Ashri Yilud Isha, whenever he has a questions, he asks Hashem, that's why when they said the Bloma Nigora, uh, why should we not make the Pesach Sheni earlier in Pashat Balaischa? Rashi says a Yilud Isha can go to the Ebishter and knows that the Ebishter will answer him all the time. So he came to the, to the Ebishter, he says, Moshe Nimla B'Shechina. So Moshe is asking the Shechina, no, what's going to be? Uh, should I, uh, they want to send Shluchim? Omar, so Hashem says, Ani Omar Tilev Shitoiva. So the Pesach quotes him, but Hashem responds him. By their lives, I promise you, 
I'm going to give the people, the Jewish people who are coming and saying, I'm going to give them room to make a mistake in the words of the Meraglim, so that they will not inherit it. Who? The Meraglim is, because the Yidna will inherit it eventually. Or these people, the Om that was there, these people who are pushing, those who are, who are, who are considered in that generation, um, they will not inherit it. Okay? So Abishas will give you the opportunity. So Again, I said to you before, this Midbar Poran really is Rismo. He sends them al Pi Hashem uh, by uh, Hashem's mouth, meaning with his consent. Kulam Anoshim, they were all men. Roshim Bnei Yisrael Heima, they were heads of the children of Israel. What means they were heads? They were Nesim. This is besides the Shivim Ish Mizikni Yisrael we learned before, which were five of each tribe, besides the Nasi itself. These were also Anoshim Roshim Bnei Yisrael Heima. We also had those that that yesterday spoke before about the Sechza. But these were all heads of the Bnei Yisrael. This says, Api Hashem, meaning Hashem agreed, Hashem didn't prevent him. Kulam Anoshim, they're all men. What does it mean, men? Not women? No. That means that they were important. So how could we call them important people if they were such Rishoyim? Uh, so that's why they said Kulam Anoshim. They were kosh, they were all men. You see, just Rashi Bnei Yisrael Heima doesn't mean the Torah doesn't testify that they were uh, important people. It's only because the Pasuk is Kulam Anoshim. And Rashi says, shok At that point, they were kosher. Pasuk Dalit, these are the names. Lamate Ruven, to the tribe of Ruven, Shamua ben Zakur. Shamua ben Zakur. Pasuk Hei, Lamate Shimon, to the tribe of Shimon, Shofot ben Choydi. Pasuk Vav, Lamate Yehuda, to the tribe of Yehuda, Kolei ben Yifuna, was Kolei ben Yifuna. Rashi, on Shmois Perik Chavdalet, Pasuk Yudalet, Rashi says that Chur, Betzalo uh, ben Uri ben Chur, that Chur was Miriam's son, and Chur's father was Kolev ben Yifuna. So this Kolev uh, was um, was the husband of, of Miriam. And they had a son, Chur. And Chur we find a lot of times in the Torah, right? Uh, Miriam's son, Chur. We find Aaron and Chur, you've had a uh, war with the Amalekim over there. In Rasulullah went out from Mitzrayim, it was Aaron and Chur Imoem. When Moshe Rabbeinu went out on the, on the mountain, he left Aaron and Chur. Uh, when uh, Aaron saw what happened to Chur, Chur protested, they killed Chur over there, Rashi says. Actually, Rashi also says in Perik Yudzayim, Pasekiyud in Shemois, that uh, Kalev was Miriam's uh, husband. Um, uh, when he says uh, uh, in, in Rashi, Perik of Dalet, Dalet in Shemois, it says, Velazkenim Omar, uh, he told them, and he says to them also, they have Chur. Over there too, Rashi says, Benosho Miriam Hoyav Aviv Kolev Ben Yifuna. Also, Rashi says the same thing over there. Chur, we found in, in Rashi Periklamet Beis Posikhe in Shmois, Rashi says, Ra Aren, Ra Chur Ben Achoisoy Shehoyu Mechicham. 
he saw Khur, the son of his sister, which Miriam's son, he was rebuking them, and then they went actually and they killed him. Uh, then it's Vayiven, Rashi says. And that happened with Khur, that was Kalev's uh, uh, um, son. And this was Khur's father. So that gives us a little bit of a understanding who Kalev was. Lamati Yisachar was Yigal ben Yosef. Pasik Zayin Yosef. Pasik Ches Lamati Ephraim was Hoysheya bin Nun. And Pasik Tes Lamati bin Yomim Palti ben Rafu. And Pasik Yud Lamati Zvulun Gadiel ben Soidi. Pasik Dal Lamati Yosef Lamati Menashe. So Yosef for the part of Menashe was Gadi ben Susi. It's interesting, how come by Mat Ephraim, the Pesach doesn't say Lemat Yosef, Lemat Ephraim. Hoshea Binun. But by Mat Menashe, it says Lemat Yosef, Lemat Menashe. That was the tribe that was split. But it only by Menashe, it says Lemat Yosef, Lemat Menashe, Gadi ben Susi. I don't know why. Pesach is Lemat Don Amiel ben Gamali. Pesach is Lemat Osher Susur ben Michoel. Pesach is Lemat Naftoli Nachbi ben Vovsi. And Pesach is Lemat God Geuel ben Mochim. Pasuk Tzayin Eilish Moshe Anoshim. These are the names of the people. Asher Shalach Moshe. And Moshe said, "Let's lose our hearts. Let's count the land." They said, "Vayikra Moshe lo Yeshua binun lo Yeshua binun Yeshua." Moshe called Yeshua binun Yeshua. Vayikra Moshe lo Yeshua. Dr. Rashi gave me this parallel. He prayed. He prayed for him. Yudke Yeshia Chamatzas Meraglim that the Eibushter should protect you. That means Yehoshua, Yudke Yeshua, Yeshua Mitzas Maraglim to help you to save you from the advice of the Maraglim. Okay, he 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 suspected already something apparently uh, from the advice. It doesn't say bad yet, but from the Atzas Maraglim. Now, so here you see. But first, I want to say from the first Rashi we see over there that he went to ask Hashem and. So when Hashem is saying Shlach Lecha, this took place at that time when he went to ask him. Um, and it's interesting, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, the Gemara in Sanhedrin brings down that the, uh, the um, David HaMelech was asking Hashem um, to forgive him for the sin that he did with Bathsheba. He took Bathsheba and then he, uh, uh, her husband, he sent him to war, and he died, he, made, he orchestrated there, and he married Bathsheba. So, he, he always is praying for Hashem to forgive him that sin. And the Gemara speaks about that he was praying to Hashem, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. And they used to forgive him everything, basically. So finally, but uh, Hashem asked, um, uh, um, David asked Hashem, he should cut it out of the Tanakh. The story about his sin that took place with Bathsheba, he asked the Ebishter, he asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he should take it out in Tanakh. And the Ebishter told him, he says, I can't do that. Because he says, for many years, the Yud of the letter Soro, because Ebishter took away a Yud from the word Soroi, that it says, Letikra Shmo Soroi Kim Soro, with regards to Soro Imenu, right? So Teresa should be, her name should not be no Soro, but should be Soroi. So that Yud was standing for me for years and screaming that I took him away from the Tzadikas, from the Rizor, until she came down 
when I put it into the Yud of Yeshua, I paid back the Yud of Yeshua, I took back and I placed it over there. So it became, now it became quiet. So David is saying to me, if I already was going to write down this uh, story in the Tanakh with David HaMelech, can you imagine if I take out that piece, how much they're going to scream for that? So Hashem says, I can't do that. So that's why the story of David HaMelech remained in Tanakh. Is that positive or? No, I'm just saying that's why it's connected to this positive the the, the yud of the of the letter of Yeshua. What does Hashem? Also, I once heard a pshat. You know, you, why why do we call him always Hashem bin Nun? How come not Ben like we do all the time, right? How come we do that and uh, we do that like that? Uh, because the uh, Hashem gave Yeshua the letter yud, right? But where do you get the vowels from? A yud has the chashva underneath. Sarai was the end of a word. Right? So that was Sarai, was the end of the yud. So where do you get the vowels, where do you get the shva for the word Yeshua? So, from the segel, usually ben is with a segel. A segel has three dots. So the Hebrews that took two of the dots from the ben and made a shva, Yeshua, and that's why Yeshua left bin instead of Yeshua ben and Yeshua bin. Listen, in all of Chumash, in Shmois, Vayemer Moshe el Yeshua b'chalul anoshim, Vayas Yeshua kamashal Moshe, Vayachlish Yeshua, Vesimbos no Yeshua, Vayishma Yeshua, Meshorso Yeshua. And then just we learned in that Vayan Yeshua. So the Pasuk always calls him Yeshua. Um, we have to say Lechayre that the name is called Yeshua and the Torah before that's Hashema Osit. That really he was called Hosea all the time. And Mayikra Yeshua. But this name stuck to him before. But like by the other people that changed their names in the Torah, like Moshe by Abram, Abraham, right? By Soro Saroi. Oh, but then the Torah says, like, Sikro, the Abishah says, shouldn't call it, it was the Abishah's Tzivu, this is, this was Moshe Rabbeinu's adding, and Moshe Rabbeinu's adding, took a fract of Mafreya, everything is always Yeshua, even though it only changed over here. But Hashem's names, even though Hashem changed it later on, before Hashem changed it, they remained the other way. Same thing goes with, um, uh, that already, the Gemara speaks about that, the chilek between, uh, the David said, changes from Yaakov to Yisrael because we find the name Yaakov even after Hashem calls him Yisrael. by Avram and Sodom, after David changes the name, they're always called Avram and always called Sodom. Never, no, they don't go back to call them Avram or Sodom. But over here, the Pasik says, they pray to him that, and he changed his name over here. But we just learned his name was Yeshua the whole time. Matter of fact, this is the only time where Yeshua in the Tanakh is mentioned with the name Hosea. There were other Hoseas, but not Hosea ben Nun. Hosea ben Nun is always called Yeshua. Anyways, Pasuk Yudzayin, Vayishlach Oysa Moshe. So Moshe sent them Losur Zeretz Kinan to scout the land of Kinan. Vayyemer Aleyhem, and he said to them, Aluzeba Negev, go up this way in the south. And climb up the mountain. Tell them to go up the mountain to climb up the mountain. 
from the south of the mountains, go on to the south of Rashi, the south was the, was the inferior part of Eretz Yisroel. For those, so is the custom of the merchants. First they show the uh, inferior parts, and then they show the better parts. So, here he wanted, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted first to see the Negev, and then to go ahead and see further on the better parts of Israel. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them to inspect the land. Now specifically, he tells them in Posig Yudches, they should check out the people, whether he's strong or weak or uh, many or few. But he begins the Posig, Ur Mahi. You shall see the land, what it is. But he's not telling him anything at this point at the land, but he's really telling him about the people, to tell him about the people that there, whether he is strong or weak, whether he is few or many. As Rashi will explain, that it's actually uh, the people, but it tells us something about a land. A land itself, there are certain lands that raise strong people, and there are certain lands that raise many people, so it is associated with the land itself, although it's mostly with the people. In the next Pasuk, Yutes, over there the Pasuk asks, So in that, that is specifically about the land, not as it relates to its people, as we'll see in Rashi, over there it's Asher Yoshev Bo, whether it has good wells, and as we'll see in the Rashi. So let's do the Rashi. So Rashi Yudches, Esoretz Mahi. So even though he's asking him about the people, but he's asking what is the land. So Rashi, Yesh Eretz Megadeles Giboyim. There is a land that raises strong people. Yesh Eretz Megadeles Chaloshim that raises weak people. That's the Chazuk Hu Harofa. And then Yesh Me Maetes Uchlesin. There is a uh, land that. It has there is that some that has a lot and some that has uh, little inhabitants people there but it's also a relationship to the land it's, it has a characteristic for the land so it's not just the people so it makes sense to say now how should the people know if they're strong or not so says Rashi that this was actually a more articulated later on, because when he said later on, whether they're in open camps or in fortified places, that is sort of explaining the Chazuk in the Pasuk He gave them over a sign how to find out whether the Chazuk If they are sitting in open cities, that means that they're strong, they're not afraid, and they rely They rely on their strength. But if they are sitting in fortified cities, then uh, then they're weak. Now, the, although the reality is when they came back and they told them, they say that there's a powerful people, talk about the 
the, the giants that they met there, but then it also says, So they had both, they had the fortify, even though he gave them a sign, but apparently over there, uh, they came back telling them that were both, they were Chazak and they were fortified. So therefore, when we learn Pasuk Yutes now, uh, over here, so now he asks, says further, So now he's asking about the land itself, We'll see in Rashi, that's a good quality of the land itself, not as it relates to the people. And the second part of the Pasuk is basically explaining the first Pasuk, What are the cities that he sits in them? Are they open like in camps, like open camps, meaning without a wall, in the Mifzarim, or they're fortified, which means before explaining what he said, that if they're strong, they would be sitting in open places, and if they're weak, they're sitting in fortified cities. So this is explaining the previous Pasuk. So Zakhtarashi Targumoi, the translation of the words in the Onkelos is Habefitzchim, meaning in open cities. It's not talking about camps in the context of a camp and not a city, but this is a city, but it's an open city. Krachim Pitzichin Upsuchim Ein It's a, a city that is open without a wall, it's called a Machanim. Uh, just like a camp, a camp is open, it doesn't have a wall. In this case, a city without a wall is called Machanim. And then, so what was. And perhaps that's why Rashi explains first not machanim even though in the pasuk it's it comes after maharetz because this machanim is a hemshech to what Rashi says and this was explaining that so Rashi first explains machanim and then Rashi explains so why is he asking again about land hatoyvahi so Rashi that is talking about bimores. And good depth and healthy ones. That is something to say about the land itself. And further, what is the land? What kind of land? Is the land, that's actually the earth, is it a fat or lean land? Fat land gives around good produce, lean land doesn't give good produce. Hayesh ba'etzimayin, is there trees there? Or there isn't? These chazaktem, and you should be courageous, lukachtem and prior, it's take from the fruit of the land. Vayomim, and the day that was, Yemei was the day that the uh, grapes begin to ripen. Hayesh ba'etz, sakrashim, yesh ba'modem kosher, shiyogin le'im b'schusay. She says, yesh ba'etz means, do they have a a, f- a righteous person, a fit person, a an adam kosher, shiogalim b'schusi, that is going to protect the b'schus. So yesh ba'etz means not just if there is a tree. I guess Rashi learns this out because of, why is there one tree? Why would one? Why would Moshe Rabbeinu want to know if there's one tree? Yesh ba'etz. If there's trees, meaning that will tell us something. It's a plant with trees. So there's a hint. Yesh ba'etz. Is there a tree to protect them? The days in which the grapes begin to ripen, the bikur in the first stage of growth. The first growth is then at that time. So he told them to take from the grapes.